What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars. And right now, a 12-pack of Sharpie markers and an 8-pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends one nineteen nineteen in store only. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Amen. All righty. How many guys besides Joey, John, have learned this valuable lesson in life? You ready for this one? Uh, no matter how much you try to plan things out correctly, there's just always something there to mess it up. Have you noticed that? You learned that one? Well, for those of you who give me that blank stare and who are in denial, like somebody over there, uh, I'm here to help you out. We're going to take a look at some actual plans that people made, and you tell me if they didn't quite work out like they were hoping, okay? Let's take a look at a few of them here. Uh, and these are all true stories, by the way. After the Exxon Valdez oil spill in Alaska, remember that big thing? Okay, get this. The average cost of rehabilitating a seal, one seal was $80,000. Well, at a special ceremony, two of the most expensive saved animals were released back into the wild amid cheers and applause from the onlookers. Yay! I'm not making it up. A minute later, in full view, they were both eaten by a killer whale. That's a $160,000 snack for those of you hooked on math. <laughs> 1992, true story. Frank Perkins of LA made an attempt to uh, beat the world's uh, flagpole sitting record. He was suffering from flu. Listen to this, man. Talk about a bummer. He came down just eight hours short of the 400-day record, whereupon he found out that his sponsor had gone bust, his girlfriend left him, and his phone electricity had been shut off. <laughs> Didn't quite work out like you thought. Here's another one. I'm not making this up. A woman came home to find her husband in the kitchen, shaking frantically with what looked, uh, looked like a wire running from his waist towards the electric skillet. So intending to jolt him away from the deadly current, she whacked him with a handy plank of wood by the back door, breaking his arm in two places. Now, Ron, up until that point, he'd been happily listening to his Walkman. Whoa. Wow. But I tell you what, folks, I'm not making this up, and this is not doctored, it's not fake. This is real. Uh, the ultimate example of things not working out like you planned them has to be this marriage ceremony. Check this out. Chloe, will you have Keith to be your wedded husband, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love him, comfort him, honor and keep him, in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, be faithful to him, as long as you both shall live. The rings, please. Oh, oh God! No! no. Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Are you okay? Oh my God! <laughs> 
I'll just leave it right there. Look at that look from that pastor. He's in big trouble. Whoa. Man. I'm not making that up. That really happened, okay? But I think the uh, proof's in the pudding, John. You need to pay attention, okay? Don't live in denial anymore. Uh, sometimes your plans don't work out very well, right? No matter how much you try, okay? But folks, once again, here's the point. Did you know one day the plans of the whole world are going to get totally messed up? Okay. You see, whether you realize it or not, did you know that our planet, mankind, is making plans to build their own utopia without God? They don't need them. <laughs> but did you know one day God's going to mess the whole thing up? And here's what he's going to do. The church is going to disappear mm, just like that at the rapture. And mankind's so-called great plans for utopia just turned into your greatest nightmare. They were left behind. And the Bible says at that point, you're going to be catapulted into the seven-year tribulation. And that is not a joke. As we've been seeing, folks, that is an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet. And that Jesus said it's the worst time in the history of mankind. Unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would literally be destroyed just like that. But as we've been seeing, praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he live, loves you and I, his children and his creation in general, okay, he gives us so many warning signs to let us know when the tribulation was near and the rapture. We don't know the exact day or the hour. But boy, it's around the corner. Anybody starting to do the rapture practice still? You better. Okay. So to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, even worse than that look from that pastor at that wedding ceremony. <laughs> that freaked me out. I'm a pastor. Okay. Uh, we're going to continue in our study, the final countdown update. Okay. And we saw the first four updates so far is the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology. And that's right. The last two times was worldwide upheaval. Turn to somebody and go, boom. Right? The planet is going to get messed up before Jesus comes back. We've already seen the rise of wars and rumors of wars. And then we saw last time, if you were here, famines and earthquakes. And what we saw there, the proof's in the pudding. The planet is shriveling up like never before with famines all over the world, including here in America, specifically even in California. And the big news is what happens in California affects the rest of America and the world. Why? Because California is the breadbasket for the country and oftentimes for the world as well. Then we saw the, the planet is cracking up all over the place like never before with earthquakes, not just increasing in size and number, but specifically as the text says from Jesus in various places, you would think would never have a problem with earthquakes like Oklahoma and Ohio and Alabama, okay? Places you thought were safe are not safe anymore. There is no place to hide in the seven-year tribulation. It's almost like God's trying to corral us to one conclusion. That is this, you don't want to be there. Take the way out, the only way out, through Jesus Christ, okay? But that's not all. The fourth sign to indicate we are headed for worldwide upheaval is this increase of pestilence or diseases, or literally the Greek word that's used there is plagues, okay? But that's the idea, pestilence, disease, okay? And, uh, but again, as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to Luke 21. Now, as we've seen before, this is the parallel passage of the classic passage dealing with signs of the last days in Matthew 24. But in this passage, we get a couple extra nuggets from Jesus about how do you know you're living in the last days? So let's go ahead and turn there. Luke 21. Luke 21 is our opening text there. And if you find Luke, what do you do? Or tell him to get in here. He's late for services. Right, Luke 21, uh -huh. had to throw a new one in there once in a while. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Luke 21, let's take a look at our text there, verses 7 through 11. The disciples are asking Jesus, what can we expect? How do we know it's getting close? Well, let's take a look at what Jesus says uh, to you and I. Okay, verse 7, they asked the teacher, uh, when will these things happen? And what's going to be a sign that they're about to take place? 
And he, Jesus, replied, Watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them, Jesus says. And then when you hear of wars and, and revolutions, don't be alarmed. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and, and kingdom against kingdom. And there's going to be great earthquakes and famines and what? Pestilence in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. And Lord willing, we can get to that specific sign next week. Okay. But as we've seen here in our context, we get a couple extra nuggets that were not contained in Matthew 24 here in Luke 21. But Jesus says right after the warning of uh, deceit, right after the warning of wars and, and then famines and earthquakes, what was the very next sign? He says you're going to see an increase in various places. Pestilence or disease. Now again, here's the problem. The scoffer is going to take a look at this passage, this loving warning from Jesus, okay? And they're going to say, so what? Pestilence, smestilence, disease, uh, whatever that is, shmeez, however you say it. Uh, uh, this is no big deal. We've always had disease. What's, why, why should I pay attention now? Well, again, yeah, since the fall of man, unfortunately, we've had to deal with diseases, okay? The curse upon creation and mankind. Uh, but the point is, not like we see today. And wait till you see what we're going to see today. It's really not like we see today. This is absolutely mind-blowing. In the last century alone, we have seen nothing short of an explosion of not just pestilence, but global pestilence, okay, like never before. And yet in total arrogance, as we saw before, listen to this, as recent as 1979, the U.S. Surgeon General said, quote, it is time to close the books on infectious diseases. We whooped them, Mario, back in 1979. We're never going to have to worry about disease again. That's what he said. How many of you guys are wondering, that's probably why he lost his job. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me, as we saw before by the 1990s, after he made that uh, prediction, instead of fading out of existence, infectious diseases have gone ballistic, and, and right on up to today. In fact, ones that we thought were once conquered are coming back, and they're coming back with a vengeance. Okay, and listen to this, uh, tuberculosis. You're thinking, oh, we, we whipped that one way back when, several decades Folks, that thing is coming back. And listen to this. They are projecting that 10 million people are going to die again from tuberculosis next year. 10 million, not 1,000. 10 million, okay? But not only that, so is whooping cough, okay? The whooping cough is coming back, and it has reached, and this is a direct quote, epidemic levels and epidemic proportions with 800 new cases being reported in just two weeks in just California. And here's a news report that sounded the alarm. All these diseases we thought we had long whooped, for some reason, they're making a very big comeback. Let's take a look. Public health officials in California this morning are alerting the state's population about an alarming jump in cases of whooping cough. The disease is particularly dangerous for young children, causing bouts of violent coughing and gasping for air. Carter Evans reports that it is now officially at epidemic levels. More than 800 cases of whooping cough have been reported in California during the past two weeks, leading the state's Department of Public Health to declare an epidemic on Friday. There have already been more than 3,400 cases in the state so far this year. Whooping cough typically starts with cold-like symptoms and can progress to severe coughing fits that leave those infected gasping for air. That's a very unpleasant disease. Although California is currently the only state to declare an epidemic, there has been a 24% increase in whooping cough cases nationally from this time last year. What? Whooping cough? I thought we had that one whipped a long time ago. And it's spreading again? Interesting. But that's not another disease. This blew me away. 
Another disease that's coming back and is causing this, I'm going to share some quotes with you, international concern, get this, is polio. Polio? What? Polio, quote, was one of the most dreaded childhood diseases of the 20th century. It provided the impetus for the great race to develop vaccines. That's what pretty much started that uh, big trend, okay? But surely we beat that one a long time ago, right, Tom? Listen to these quotes. This is wild. For the first time ever, the World Health Organization uh, declared the spread of polio an international public health emergency that could grow in the next few months and unravel the decades of effort to eradicate the crippling disease. The agency described the current uh, polio outbreaks in 10 different countries as, quote, an extraordinary event that required a coordinated international response. In other words, you better take this thing serious. It's coming back. And if we don't work together, it's going out of control. Polio. Polio. And they said, unless it's eradicated, quote, it will continue to spread internationally. Polio. But not just polio, so are measles. Measles are coming back. Measles? Yeah. Listen to this. Measles cases in the United States hit a 20-year high. 20-year high, according to the Center for Disease Control. And one guy said this. I love this quote. He said, mm, this is not the kind of record we want to break. Quote, it should be a wake-up call for us. Well, that's interesting. Okay. But now, that's not all. Uh, also, another one's coming back. Also, mumps, but also smallpox. Smallpox. Now listen to this. A new smallpox-related uh, virus is raising alarms. Quote, smallpox was a disfiguring scourge that killed an estimated 300 million to 500 million people in the 20th century uh, alone, and we thought we had it eradicated. But now the Center for Disease Control has announced that a new smallpox virus has been discovered in Western Asia, and quote, they're concerned it could spread or be used as a bioterrorism agent. Oh, wait a second. I mean, we wouldn't be responsible for releasing some of these diseases or making them come back, would we? We'll get to that in just a, a little bit. But isn't it ironic that we just happen to live in the days in our generation where of all things, we live in a generation where mankind now uses diseases to kill each other with. Just in time for Jesus' prophecy to come to pass that you're going to see an increase of diseases in the last days. But I'm sure that's just a quinky-dink. Right, right Reed? Sure, really? Thanks for that vote of confidence. But that's not another disease we thought we had confidence that's coming back, okay? You heard about this one way back in the day, but it's syphilis. Syphilis is making a huge comeback. Now, you want to know why? It's because we didn't want to listen to God. You reap what you sow is what the scripture says. Let's take a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Don't do it. Do it God's way. You'd be perfectly fine. No problems whatsoever. But no, you don't want to listen to God. Here says, here's the payoff. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his what? Your own body. In other words, you break God's commandment in this area and you are going to pay a price eventually for it in your own body, right? The Bible clearly says that any sex outside of marriage is dangerous to your health. But we didn't want to listen to God. Listen to this quote. We reap what you sow. Direct Quote, folks, syphilis is making a worrying comeback in the United States, listen to this, with cases nearly doubling since 2005. Doubling. And you want to know why? Listen to this. More than 90% of the cases are among men, most of them who are gay or bisexual. Well, it's a good thing we don't promote that behavior in America. You reap what you sow. 
You don't want to do it God's way? You want to flop that? Here it comes. Listen to this, folks. This is why. After being on the verge of elimination in the year 2000, syphilis was almost completely eradicated in the year 2000. Quote, in the United States, the cases are rebounding. I wonder why. Okay, you're rebelling against God. But that's not all. Another disease we thought we had once conquered, it's making a comeback and it's causing quite the stir, is cholera. Okay, and you're thinking, cholera, what's cholera? Well, it's just one of the worst diseases of all. Let's take a look at that critter. Disease. Throughout history, mankind's biggest killer. In the 14th century, the plague sweeps through Asia and Europe, killing one-fifth of all people on the planet. The city becomes a threat to the survival of mankind. 1854, London, the largest city in the industrial world. Population, two and a half million. A third living in slums, up to eight to a room, 40 to a house. Twice as crowded as Mumbai in India today. The entire city of London, the most advanced metropolitan area in the world, was really an open sewer. Number 40 Broad Street, the first victim. Sarah Lewis's five-month-old daughter, dying of cholera. Vibrio cholera, a strain of bacteria that doubles in number every 13 minutes, attacking the stomach and intestines, killing a healthy adult in hours. In just three days, 127 dead in London. And it's spreading again. What? Cholera. Okay, quote, listen to this. Despite efforts to corral the outbreak of cholera in the world, the sheer number of rising cases is painting a worrisome picture for health officials. In other words, something is going haywire. Something is going wrong. All these diseases we thought we had whooped, all of a sudden they're making a comeback and mm, we better wake up. Uh, that's from the health officials. But you might be out there asking the logical question uh, and that people ask all the time and say, well, okay, wait a second, Pastor Billy. I mean, how in the world could there be such an increase of diseases on the planet, especially these ones specifically we thought we had conquered and all of a sudden they're making a comeback. I mean, we are living in the most medically advanced era ever. How can it happen? Well, thanks for asking, Scott. You're very astute back there on the back row, and I see you. Uh, the first reason, folks, uh, that we're going to take a look at several reasons why, but we're looking at reasons why they're all coming into play in the last days exactly when Jesus said it would happen. And the first reason why we're seeing massive diseases increase across the planet, all across the world, once again, is from mosquitoes. Okay, for those of you in the South, or mosquitoes for those of you up here. Okay, uh, mosquitoes, okay. Diseases, we know, I would assume, are spread by viruses or parasites, okay, but mosquitoes okay, can transmit those parasites or viruses uh, when they bite the animals or people and then they turn around and they bite another person, etc. They're like a flying syringe, 
okay, is really what's going on there, okay? And that's the method that's being responsible for the current uh, increased outbreak again of malaria, the West Nile virus, this is how it spread, yellow fever, okay, but, but the latest concern with mosquitoes, even here in the United States, is they're going to spread some new viruses. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, there's a new virus here in America, and I'm not making this up, it's called the chikungunya virus. Now, right there, it tells you something's evil. Chicken gunya. I'll take a gunya to your chicken. And yeah. Okay, it's called the chicken gunya virus, okay? And it started primarily in the Caribbeans from mosquitoes, but guess what has happened over here? Mosquitoes have brought it over here uh, from people, and now it's spread to 15 different states. Let's take a look at that. Now, health experts are warning about another virus carried by mosquitoes. This one has infected tens of thousands of people throughout the Caribbean, and now Americans are coming down with it, too. The chikungunya virus, or CHIC-V as it's known, is a mosquito-borne virus which has been confirmed in 15 states, including New York. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 25 cases have been reported in Florida alone. So far, all the infected Americans have contracted the virus in parts of the world where it is most common. But researchers are worried that mosquitoes in the U.S. could pick up the disease by biting infected people. There's a concern that people from the United States who go to the Caribbean might be bitten by infected mosquitoes and then bring this illness, this virus, back to the United States. We have the kind of mosquito that will transmit this virus here in the U.S. Prior outbreaks have occurred in Africa, Asia, and Europe. Late last year, the virus was found for the first time on the Caribbean islands, where more than 100,000 people have been sickened. And now, thanks to mosquitoes, it's here in 15 different states, and it's spreading. Interesting. But not only uh, is it the mosquitoes spreading that one, there's another uh, uh, virus that's being spread called the uh, dengue uh, fever, okay, which is worse than the chikungunya one, and the health uh, officials say this threat is greater than I've seen in my lifetime. It's serious. And they, they, they have a warning. The warning was this. If there's public apathy towards this, we're going to have a problem. Once again, the common theme is, hey, if something's going wacky with these diseases and they're spreading all over the place, no matter what we try, we better wake up, okay? The second reason why diseases are spreading all over the world, you knew it's coming, folks, is from chickens. I see you're in denial, but I'm here to help you because I love you. That's right. Now, the first obvious thing that we got to, let me get rid of some text because you got to see this. I didn't doctor this up. This is no Photoshop, folks. Those are devil horns right there. You know what I'm saying? That's all natural. That's just what those things are. Okay, you know it's true. Okay, but you guys can see it's from chickens. Now, uh, I had to share this. I had to share this. Okay, uh, and this is actually true. Okay, believe it or not, a superbug bacteria is widespread in U.S. chicken. That's right. About half of the raw chicken breast nationwide sampling carried antibiotic-resistant superbug bacteria. The group said it tested for six types of bacteria in 316 raw chicken breasts purchased from retailers nationwide. Almost all of the samples of chicken contain harmful bacteria. Let's close in prayer. No, let's not. I got more to go. Uh, but actually, you could repeat after me a very, very important phrase. Eat beef and prosper. You want to do that? You want to just go ahead? You know there's going to be a t-shirt next week with that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Just hope it made the recording. Let's move on. <laughs> the third reason, and that is serious, but even more serious. The third reason why diseases are spreading, wait till you get a hold of this one. 
I was talking with this, my family in California, just a couple days ago, is the border issue. Okay, and there's a whole, oh man, well, let's just get started on that. Apparently, because we can't seem to get a grip on our border uh, issue, okay, uh, people are not waiting for mosquitoes or unfortunately chicken to transfer diseases to them. Uh, we're doing it ourselves. Listen to this. Health experts warn diseases crossing the border are becoming a crisis. Well, what diseases? Well, here's what's coming across the border right now into the United States every single day. Things like tuberculosis, okay? Measles, scabies, lice, that dengue fever, and leprosy is coming across the border right now. Why? Here's the quote. President Obama's non-enforcement immigration doctrine has invited illegal border crossings, which brings with it a wave of illnesses and diseases, listen, that have long been stamped out in America. But not anymore. We're letting them in. The current administration basically says, come on over, one and all, including all your diseases. You may not hear much about it here, but if you're in one of the states on the border, like Texas, they're sounding the alarm. Let's take a look at this news report. And now reaching out to the federal Homeland Security director for answers she says the president isn't giving. And to Texas now where we're learning exclusively about a new health threat coming from illegal border crossers. The Border Patrol now worried about a virus outbreak. And ABC 15's Sabita Fergani is taking action to get that story in Texas. They're seeing crossers with contagious infections. And sources tell me right now all that's separating the sick from the healthy this caution tape and agents tell me that's not enough we're sending people everywhere and the average person the average citizen doesn't realize what's going on down here agent chris cabrera's concerns go way past the hundreds of women and children that cross the rio grande river every day in southern texas we're having an outbreak of uh of scabies that it's been going on for a, a month or so now. The illegals will come across or they'll jump that fence. They'll... Texas border resident Jorge Garcia says word about the contagious skin infection is getting around. Our border patrol comes and checks with us almost on a daily basis here and they told us about an outbreak of scabies here at the McAllen station. And that's not all. We're starting to see chicken pox, we're starting to see uh, staph infections, we're starting to see different viruses. Garcia believes the viruses are not confined to the detention center. Not long ago, a group of border crossers came knocking on his door. It was a seven-month-old baby. The baby was shaking and cold. It had a, a high fever. We're told the Department of Homeland Security called in the Coast Guard medics. This trailer is just one of many used to treat the sick. They're all contagious. So now we're transporting people to different parts of the state, different parts of the country, and some of these viruses uh, are, are asymptomatic at this point. They're not showing the symptoms. Which means when they're put on buses and they're shipped all across the United States, when they get in your state, they look just fine. Until a few days later when the disease pops out and then starts to spread in your state. Hmm. Now, I don't have time to get into this. Maybe we can get into this, Lord willing, if we ever make it to the, the rapture doesn't occur first, into the topic of one world government. But I'm just going to throw a little warning across there. Uh, certainly there is an issue with the border stuff going on that needs to be attentive to. We need to do something, okay? But the mandate typically to really schnooker us is to create a crisis so you can manage the outcome. I'm just going to say this for now. It's just some reports I've heard. One of the things now because of this crisis and who created the crisis? But because of this crisis, they're wanting a whole slug of cash to build camps in the United States. 
And we all just hope those camps just stay for one purpose. But we'll talk about that, Lord willing, uh, maybe later. But another one uh, that we're going to see is the reason why diseases are spreading all across the United States, exactly like Jesus said, is because of that modern transportation issue. Once again, now we saw before that one of the most horrific outbreaks of disease was the infamous flu outbreak of uh, 1918 that killed anywhere from 50, I've heard as high as 130 million. One guy said it was 3% of the world's population. And we saw before the reason why that thing spread so fast was because for the first time in mankind's history, we have a global transportation system to transfer these diseases that would used to stick in one area because you'd have to hop over the pond, so to speak. Not anymore. Folks, and this is why, and this is a recent quote, Dr. Diana Bensel of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, said, quote, with today's pattern of global travel and trade, disease can spread nearly anywhere on the planet within 24 hours. And it's already actually happening. The first one that's really causing concern and starting to spread global, even here in America, is the virus called MERS. Okay, or MERS, okay, it's M-E-R-S is the acronym. It stands for the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. It first started in Saudi Arabia. It's got no known treatment or cure, by the way. It's got a 30% death rate, and it's extremely contagious. And it's spreading, and it's already made it all the way over here to the United States because of our traveling habits. Let's take a look at that. The MERS virus was first reported in 2012 in Saudi Arabia. There are 401 known cases worldwide with 93 deaths. All the cases can be traced back to the Arabian Peninsula. The second case of the deadly MERS virus has been confirmed in the Netherlands. This, as the World Health Organization issues a new warning, calling the spread of this virus more urgent. 570 cases of MERS have been identified since 2012, with nearly one-third of them fatal. One-third of them fatal. That's a, a pretty disturbing fatality rate. A deadly disease has appeared for the first time in the U.S. It's called Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, the MERS virus for short. The Centers for Disease Control says MERS turned up in Indiana, where one patient recently back from Saudi Arabia is being treated. Until now, the virus has been seen only in the Middle East and Europe, a dozen countries in all. About 100 people have died from it. Here's Dr. John Lapook. The unidentified patient was a healthcare worker in Saudi Arabia. On April 24th, he flew from Riyadh to London and on to Chicago, then took a bus to Indiana. Three days later, fever, cough, and shortness of breath developed. The next day, he was admitted to Community Hospital in Munster, Indiana. The patient's travel history led the state's public health department to test for MERS. The MERS outbreak is spreading in the USA. A second case has been identified by officials. But at the moment, there's no specific antiviral drug that we have available to treat these patients. Well, that's exciting. You thought you were safe. Hey, who cares what happens in Saudi Arabia? We're safe over here. Not anymore because of the way we travel, okay? Oh, by the way, the guy who got the second case uh, ended up down in Florida. First one was Indiana. Listen to this. He, uh, he, quote, traveled from Saudi Arabia to London to Boston, then Atlanta, and then to Florida, where he reported feeling unwell with the fever and chills and a slight cough. <laughs> How many people did he cough that on that we don't even know about? Okay, but I'm telling you, you think that's bad? Yeah, mm -mm, I couldn't wait to get this one. Uh, the next one they're really concerned about because of our modern travel technology and it can spread. You better pay attention to this one. I don't, have you guys seen the news on this one? It's the Ebola virus. Have you been paying attention to that? You need to, folks. The Ebola virus is one of the world's most lethal 
lethal infections on the whole planet, and it's spreading right now as we sit here. Quote, we are facing an epidemic of a magnitude never before seen of Ebola. Ebola has a fatality rate of 90%. The other one was 30. This is 90%. It kills you quickly with uncontrollable internal and external bleeding. Nine out of 10 people who get this die, and there is no cure. And thanks to our travel technology, it started in one locale, it spread, it's hopped into other countries, and we're hoping nobody gets on a plane and comes here. Let's take a look. In Africa, medical teams are scrambling to contain a deadly outbreak of Ebola, a highly contagious, often fatal virus with no known treatment or vaccine. American specialists have been deployed to Uganda to try and stop this regional emergency from spreading into a global pandemic. I have to say that there are a few things that I've, I've done in medicine that are as nerve-wracking as, as going into this place. Ebola is, is untreatable. Those are the three who have Ebola. Over there, over there, and over there. The president of Guinea, Alpha Conde, has urged the people not to panic as his government deals with an outbreak of the deadly Ebola virus. The medical charity Médecins Sans Frontières says the country is facing an unprecedented epidemic of Ebola. So far, 78 have died from the disease in Guinea. It causes severe bleeding. The country has 122 cases of a suspected Ebola since January. The strain can kill up to 90% of its victims who suffer extensive internal and external bleeding. Now, four deaths have been reported in neighboring Liberia. The news agency reports suggest that the fever outbreak may have crossed the border into neighboring Sierra Leone. Many of the world's medical professionals, especially in the fields of infectious disease and public health, are focused on what's feared to be a major outbreak of one of the deadliest diseases to the, known to the planet, the Ebola virus. In recent weeks, it has spread quickly in West Africa, killing more than 100 people, raising concerns it could move quickly beyond there and pose an even broader threat. Dr. Tim Jagadic from Doctors Without Borders works with the infected there and spoke to us today by phone. In the urban area, we obviously have uh, more possibilities for more contact with people moving around different parts of the city, people leaving the city, moving to different parts of the country, possibly even leaving the country. An Ebola breakout in West Africa is, quote, totally out of control. That's according to an official from Doctors Without Borders. Well... I sure hope that none of those reporters who are reporting on it comes back with something, Tom. Oh, and I didn't have time. I already have my notes done. I just heard a couple days ago, uh, quote, it has now become the, quote, greatest outbreak of Ebola in history. You know, if I didn't know better, it's almost like we're living in the last days, and there's a characteristic in the last days we should expect to see right before Jesus comes back and gets us. Uh, it's called an increase of pestilence and diseases out of control in various places across the planet. And it's a good thing, Joey Carpatino, we don't see that. That was your time to shine. You missed it. Okay, well, I'll give you a hand clap anyway. Whoa, I tell you on, yeah. Uh, but that's not all. I've got a couple more real quick to go. The fifth reason why they're spreading, if that wasn't bad enough, I kid you not, is from laboratories. This is absolutely insane, okay? Laboratories, okay? Believe it or not, we are not even waiting for the diseases uh, to come back any longer or to be transported by planes or mosquitoes or chickens uh, or anything of that nature. We're actually not just creating them in the laboratory, we're recreating them in the laboratory. 
This is, this is wild, folks. They're actually working on right now making the bird flu, listen to this, even more contagious on purpose. Well, just in case, Ruth, it actually makes the jump into humans. Then we can know better. Oh, yeah, hello. Okay, and I'm not making this up. Actual news report, they're actually recreating the Black Plague. Watch this. And most of the time when doctors find something in your teeth, it's a cavity. But now researchers have found DNA in the teeth of two Germans killed 1,500 years ago by the Justinian Plague and used those scrapings to recreate the bacteria. And what did they find? Well, that the very same bacteria that caused, caused the Justinian Plague also caused the famous Black Death Plague. But in recreating the strains of the plague, the scientists did something very similar to what researchers attempted during the film 28 Days Later. And Hendrik Ponar, who led the research, told the AP that if the plague becomes airborne, people could die within 24 hours of being infected. That's very scary. And repeat after me, that's very dumb. <laughs> can you believe that? Hey, but hey, you guys take heart because we all know the government can be trusted. And I got a swamp over there I'm going to sell you to after certain <laughs> And if you think it's not possible for these things to escape these labs, you got another thing coming, folks. Let's take a look at the governments around the world, not just the U.S., at their track record of how they handle these diseases they recreate or house or whatever. Let's take a look at some of that. Okay. Uh, and this is the first one. The human H1N1 virus escaped from a lab in Russia. Oops. Okay. The smallpox virus escaped in Great Britain three different times from two different smallpox laboratories. What? Uh, the foot and mouth disease was released in the UK when construction vehicles from a biosafety uh, laboratory carried mud contaminated with the disease from a defective wastewater line to a farm. That's how it got out from a laboratory. Uh, Venezuela equine encephalitis virus was released in Venezuela and Colombia, either from, they're not sure, it either happened from an unrecognizable infection of a lab worker, a visitor, an infected laboratory animal, or a mosquito. Take your pick. <laughs> what? That's crazy. The SARS virus had six escapes from virology labs, one in Singapore, one in Taiwan, four separate escapes from the same lab in Beijing. Excuse me? And this one, have you been reading the news? This just happened. Even here in America, 86 Atlanta Center for Disease Control workers were exposed to the anthrax virus here in America. It was just in the news. But don't worry, we know that they've got this under control. Yeah, whatever. And this is why the experts are saying on this topic, laboratories, listen to the irony. The public health danger posed by potentially pandemic-causing viruses escaping from laboratories has become the subject of considerable discussion. Oh, side note, it's almost like Hollywood's preparing us for something. Have you noticed all the movies about this? Interesting. Uh, the, the danger of a man-made pandemic sparked by laboratory escape is not hypothetical. Ironically, these laboratories that are working with pathogens to prevent outbreaks might very well, quote, be the cause of the outbreak. That's what the experts are saying, okay? Just in time for the diseases to increase that Jesus said would happen. One more to go. The sixth reason why diseases are spreading all the world, and we're not able to control them anymore, and that's this issue. It's the antibiotic issue. Okay, because you might be out there thinking, well, hey, haven't you watched Hollywood? Every time we have one of these diseases, first of all, you got to talk like you're from the South, apparently, to make your point. I don't know why I do that, but anyway, uh, haven't you haven't you seen Hollywood? Every time we got these diseases, uh, mankind wins in the nick of the time. We find the cure. We we're gonna win. We'll whoop these two. No, something's changed now, folks. 
Because we have saturated ourselves with so many antibiotics, the diseases are now mutating and they're becoming resistant to all known medication. That's why the experts are saying, quote, the emergence of bacteria strains that cannot be killed by the current arsenal of antibiotics could become a public health threat, quote, worse than AIDS. And the CDC just came out with a report basically saying, we are in a hippotrebicus, prone translation, and we're about ready to head back into the dark ages medically because of this issue. Let's take a look. The CDC dropped a scary truth bomb on us this week. The U.S. will soon be in a post-antibiotic era. But don't panic. Actually, do panic. We all gonna die. The days of using antibiotics to treat common bacterial infections are numbered. Many of the bacteria that make us sick are rapidly developing defenses against the treatments that we have to kill them off, which leaves us with lots of sick people and no way to cure them. So why is this happening? For one, antibiotics are way overprescribed. Four out of five Americans are prescribed antibiotics every year, which is a rate the CDC describes as excessive. Some doctors hand it out like candy because it's a quick fix or because patients insist on it. It's prescribed without any medical necessity or benefit. For instance, the cold is one of the most common conditions antibiotics are prescribed for, and yet it does literally nothing to cure a cold. Plus, every time you take an antibiotic, the organisms in your body are at a greater risk of resisting that antibiotic for over a year. Then we can create super, super, super mega bugs. The wait, which freaks me out because antibiotic resistance has the power to return us to a time when it was common for people to die from ordinary infections. Yeah, not cute. Not to mention they're recreating the black plague, making the bird flu even more contagious in the laboratory. And you put all this together and this is why they are saying right now, folks, modern medicine has failed when it comes to managing infectious diseases and newer strains of bacteria have outwitted us. Quote, the age of antibiotics is coming to an end. We are headed, this is their words, not mine. We are headed for a medical disaster. You know, it's almost like in the last days, one of the signs you can expect to see on the planet right before Jesus comes back is this increase of pestilence or disease. And I'm so glad we see no signs of that ever happening. Right, Joey Carpentino, round two, go. Yay! Get up for Joey! Woo! I got the right answer. That's right. Folks, this is why, I kid you not, in all seriousness, why do you think God is sharing this information with us? He loves us. He's given us a warning sign to let us know with this increase of pestilence, we're living in the last days. The tribulation is near. That means the rapture is even closer. That happens prior to that. This is why Jesus said the infamous statement, Luke 21. Down further, Luke 21, 28. When these things begin to take place, they're happening now. Guess what? Christians, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Jesus Christ is coming back to get us. That's exciting. So, hey, let's leave here with a whole bunch of people joining us in heaven one day. Amen? Isn't that the way to go? But if you're here today, you're not a Christian, what more does God got to do to get your attention? This ain't a joke. You think you're here by chance? Are you kidding me? If you're here and you don't know Jesus, your Savior, He brought you here to lovingly, hopefully, wake you up before it's too late. If you're not saved, you need to get saved today. Don't be left behind. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. 
He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You see, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Terror couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! Believe it or not, what I'm about to preach on, Bible prophecy should also be cause to celebrate if our hearts are in the right place. Uh, it's no different than Robert and uh, Carly. Where are you at? Back there. Hey, give it up for them. They're getting married, Lord willing, next month. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm thinking they're kind of excited. <laughs> Robert is. We'll pray for Carly, but that's right. Or pray for Robert. I don't know. So, but, uh, but as the day gets closer, it gets more exciting, right? And folks, believe it or not, that's why I think the Bible tells us when we study Bible prophecy, it's not just one, not just two, but a triple blessing. Because this news we need to translate it is not what the American church says today, doom and gloom. That's the message. It's not what the Bible says. When we see news that Jesus Christ is coming back to get us, we should be getting just as excited as Robert and Carly because that means our wedding day approaches. Jesus is getting ready to come get us his bride. And I don't know about you, but that's something to celebrate. Amen? Well, hey, how many of you guys have ever had one of those days where it was just like, man, I should have just stayed in bed. 
You ever had one of those days? It seemed like, man, nothing went right, everything went wrong, and it was just, it was just a really rotten day, right? Have you guys had one of those? Well, believe it or not, folks, if you thought you had it bad, I think I found some people that have had a worse day than pretty much anything you and I can come up with. But uh, let's take a look at these encounters. That's right. That's a pretty bad day. Hey, how many guys would say that guy on the forklift probably got fired? Okay. <laughs> but uh, that's some pretty bad days. Uh, those guys probably should have stayed in bed. But uh, believe it or not, folks, as bad as that was, even the forklift one, whew, I think I've discovered a day that's even worse than that. Okay. It, it goes simply like this. And uh, it, it's you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you realize, bang, your Christian family is gone. In fact, all of a sudden you turn on the news and every single Christian on the whole planet is gone. And all of a sudden it dawns on you, oh man, no, why didn't I listen? I've been left behind. And the Bible says you are headed for the worst day of all. I didn't say that, Jesus did. You are headed for the seven-year tribulation and that is not a joke. The Bible says it's an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. He's going to have the last word on this baloney, folks. Okay, judgment day is coming. A lot sooner than I think people believe. And Jesus said it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind. Such great horror that unless God shortened this time frame of the seven-year tribulation, the entire human race would be wiped out. Okay? But praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, this is why he wants us to study Bible prophecy. He loves us. He gives us so many warning signs so that we're not caught off guard, so that when we would know when the tribulation was near. And praise God, the rapture is right around the corner. Anybody excited about that? Yeah, Jesus Christ is coming back to get us. And did you know it's a much better place than this garbage can? Hello, okay, it's going to be awesome, okay? So to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, even worse than that forklift guy, we're going to continue in our study, the final countdown update, okay? We've already seen uh, several different things, four updates uh, so far in our study. The Jewish people, we dealt with the Antichrist, we dealt with modern technology, and the last three times, worldwide upheaval, one more time, turn to somebody and encourage them in their ear and say this, boom, okay? The planet is going to blow up, literally, it's going to get way worse 
before Jesus comes back. And that's what we've saw so far with the rise of wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes. And last time, if you were here, with pestilences or diseases. And there we saw right now, folks, if you're paying attention to the news, our planet is being filled with sickness like never before on a global scale. We got diseases cropping up all over the place. In fact, diseases we thought we had long since conquered, they're coming back and they're coming back with the vengeance. Okay, and we saw that was due to mosquitoes, chickens. You purposely pause for the dramatic effect. Chickens, okay, was another one. The border issue going on right now, travel technology, laboratories, and that's right, even the lack of effective antibiotics. Do you really think it's by chance that we see all these diseases spiraling out of control at the exact same time? Medically, we're losing our ability to fight off these diseases because we've saturated ourselves with antibiotics. It's almost like it's exactly on time for Jesus' warning that in the last days, you're gonna see an increase of pestilence right before he comes back. It's almost like the Bible's right or something. What do you guys think? Hey, all three of you, praise God. But that's not all. The fifth sign to indicate we are headed for worldwide upheaval. We'll finish this sign up anyway, Lord willing today, is the increase of signs in the sky, okay? Anything weird going on up there uh, to maybe indicate that uh, Jesus is getting ready to come back? Sure, Pastor Billy. Thank you, Joey Carpentino. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, yes, you are right, but don't take Joey's word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to Luke 21. Luke 21. Let's take a look at our text there. And of course, Luke was written by Luke. You guys are scholars. Uh, all right. I'll give me one. You're really straining our relationship. But anyway, that's right. We'll talk about it later. But anyway, Luke 21, verses 7 through 11. Let's take a look at our classic text, the parallel passage of Matthew 24. And Jesus gives us a couple other nuggets uh, of how do we know it's getting close, okay? And uh, let's take a look. Verse 7, when you get there, say moo. All right, there we go. The, the teacher, <laughs> they said this to Jesus. Teacher, they asked, okay, when, when will these things happen? And, and what's going to be the sign that they're about to take place? And Jesus replied, he says, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them, Jesus said. Now when you hear of wars and revolutions, don't be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, you're going to see nation rise against nation. You're going to see kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be great earthquakes and famines and pestilence in various places. And here we go, one more and fearful events and great signs from the where? From the heavens is what Jesus said. So right after he tells us, you better be on the lookout, number one, for deceit. Lord willing, we'll get to that next week. He said, look out for wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilence that we already saw. He said, the very next thing you're gonna see is a sign. It's getting close to his return. Okay, bride, get excited for your wedding day. Okay, is you're gonna see also these great signs from the heavens okay it's the greek word uranus turn to somebody and say uranus you greek scholars you and it literally means sky atmosphere or space depending on the context and so the question for you and i then is today right now that was prophesied nearly two thousand years ago from our lord jesus christ do we see any signs of any kind of weird aberrant activity in the sky or atmosphere or space letting us know that jesus is right around the corner Yes, and thank you for agreeing because it works well with my notes. The first sign is we're seeing some really weird stuff going on with the solar activity, with the sun. And the reason why that's important is because the Bible's very clear in the tribulation period. First of all, you don't want to be there. Second of all, the sun is going to literally sear people like a piece of meat. 
The sun is going to get turned up. That's what we see in this text. Let's take a look here. Revelation chapter 16, verse 8 through 9 says this. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying, go to the seven angels. Go pour out the seven bowls of God's what? Wrath on the earth. You don't want to be there. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was given power to scorch people with fire. Listen to how bad it is. They were seared like a piece of meat. It's so hot by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over these plagues, but they listened. They refused to repent and glorify him. Now, that's exactly the opposite of what man says today about himself. Oh, man, so wonderful, so great, so... Are you kidding me? Your heart is so stinking hard during this time. You still refuse to repent and get right with God, okay? But the Bible says this, that during the seven-year tribulation, the sun is going to get so hot. It isn't just going to get, oh, that's uncomfortable. Uh, Everybody lives in Vegas now. No. Uh, It's going to get so bad that it says there that you get seared literally like a piece of meat on a global scale. And so the question is, do we see any signs right now of the sun starting to heat up a little bit, preparing for this? Yeah, there's a bunch. As we already saw, folks, this is what's wild. There's been massive mega, is their word, mega solar flares, huge massive sunspots. Listen, a solar tornado. Didn't even know they had those things. A solar tornado on the sun's surface that was 125,000 miles high which is about half the distance between the earth and the moon. That's how big that is, okay? And solar storms, they say, can hit the earth with a force of 100 million, not thousand, 100 million hydrogen bombs. And how many guys would say that that would kind of mess things up? Yeah, just a little bit. In fact, the news is starting to pick up on this present danger that the sun's acting weird, and when it gets cranked up, it's going to really mess things up on the planet. Let's take a look at that. Even the news is starting to admit it. Imagine if the lights just went out across the entire country. The power went out and everybody's like panicking. They don't know what to do. There's reports of blackouts happening all over the East Coast. The blackout may run along the entire Northwest Corridor. If the electric grid goes, it is an absolute catastrophe for society. Every major city in America, how does it get its water supply? Where do we get our medication? What happens to our transportation grid, food supplies, and hospitals? The lights are out. People are without water. One violent active region on the sun can cause continent-wide, perhaps even planetary-scale impacts to our critical infrastructure. The power grid is gravely threatened by electromagnetic pulse blasts from the sun. We don't have any planning for how to deal with that. We could lose our whole grid. We're talking water, we're talking power plants, we're talking nuclear power plants, we're talking fuel, we're talking transportation and computers to order parts and for people to communicate. All of that would be gone. It's so traumatic that I just don't think people can even fathom how bad it would be. It would literally paralyze all the United States, not just for a day or an hour, but for months to years. Talking about the loss of all electricity and all satellite activity. We'd be thrown a hundred years back into the past. We didn't realize the potential about geomagnetic storms as being a source of power grid outages to nuclear plants. We could have hundreds like Fukushima at the same time. Essentially, we're playing a game of uh, Russian roulette with the sun. The likelihood of a severe geomagnetic event capable of crippling our 
electric grid is 100%. In other words, the media is admitting that it is going to happen really soon. It's just a matter of time, and you better get ready. Okay? The world right now is admitting, hey, wait a second, guys, wake up. It's almost like what we observe is the sun is getting ready to do something horrible to the planet. Where have I heard that before? That's what the Bible says. Yeah, whoever said that, thank you. And I didn't have to use the fake voice. But you might be thinking, because there's one other thing that's going on in this text, and I wanted to bring this out, okay? See, it says there um, that they curse God. Now, that's pretty intense, okay? I, I mean, I can see what they just mentioned here, and that would seriously mess up. The electronic grid goes out, it would mess everything up big time, right? But, but why curse God? Well, Jesus said, folks, uh, that all these things are just the beginning of birth pains, okay, that we're seeing these signs, which means it's going to get worse than what we just saw in that video. The Bible's very clear. We already saw the text. When the sun gets heated up to its full extent during the seven-year tribulation, is going to make that, we're going to wish that's all it was. It's going to make that look like chump change, okay? In fact, maybe the searing of the flesh, the sun getting so hot, maybe it'll look something like this. Let's take a look. We're going to stay on the air for as long as possible. All we can say is what we've been repeating all morning. Get to any kind of underground shelter. What did the text say? Towards the end of the seven-year tribulation, you need to know that it gets worse, even worse, towards the end. It's called the Great Tribulation. Towards the end of the seven-year tribulation, the sun's going to get cranked up so bad that people will be seared like a piece of meat and they will curse the name of God. I don't recommend it. You should repent and get saved. You should have repented right now and got saved and avoided the whole thing. But I can understand why the text says, and they cursed God. We could laugh, we could sit here and scoff all we want, but if we continue to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're headed for a reality like that, if you even make it that far. 
in the seven-year tribulation. But that's an all of a second sign from the sky, letting us know that Jesus is right around the corner. Woo-hoo, Brian, it's time to get excited, celebrate, is the rise of an asteroid impact. If you thought it was bad with the sun, whoo, here comes a rock from space. And that's exactly what the scripture says. This is going to happen, folks. Let's take a look at that text there. This is now in the Revelation chapter 8, verses 2, 8 through 9. And then I saw seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And the second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, this baby is large, and it's all ablaze, obviously it's coming through the atmosphere, was thrown where? Into the sea, so we know where it's going to land. And here's what happened. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Okay, and as we saw before, uh, once again, if it wasn't bad enough with the sun, now you see that another event from the sky that's going to take place is an asteroid is going to be thrown specifically into the sea. And so again, the point to bring home for you and I, this was prophesied about nearly 2,000 years ago. Do we see any signs in the skies that we're under any kind of threat of some asteroid possibly smashing into the earth? (laughs) Yes, thank you. Bobby, let's give it for Bobby. That's right. All right. Uh, yeah, in fact, folks, it's very commonplace. In fact, it's so commonplace, the warning's been out for years, uh, Hollywood's picking up on it and making all kinds of movies about it, right? Okay, but not just Hollywood. Uh, that's not our source of truth. Scientists are now saying, folks, listen, it's not just a matter of if. Scientists right now are saying it's a matter of when we get struck by an asteroid. 100%, they agree it is going to happen, and most likely a lot more sooner than we think. And they said when that happens, the uh, results are going to be absolutely unbelievable. Listen to this quote. They said the loss of human, animal, and plant life would take place on a grand scale like never before. And the shockwaves from that event would create huge tsunami waves destroying both coastlands and the inland areas, not to mention a whole bunch of ships, like one-third around the world. That's exactly what the text says. And they admit that that's what would happen, okay? In fact, experts are saying, folks, it might happen a whole lot sooner than you think. And if you think we've got this great thing in place that is going to protect us from... Watch this. we got no assurance, man. Check this out. All of us on this planet are on the brink of a kind of close encounter. A big asteroid is hurtling through space, and it's supposed to miss us by a cosmic inch, just 17,000 miles. That's closer than some of our weather satellites. In fact, it's so close, scientists are springing into action, and here's ABC's Neil Karlinski. Right now, while you're watching this, a chunk of space rock big enough to level a city is hurtling towards our planet eight times faster than a speeding bullet. The good news is, scientists say it will miss. The scary news is, the 130,000 metric ton asteroid called DA-14 is the size of half a football field, and it will be much closer than the moon. In fact, it will thread the needle between Earth and the roughly 600 satellites around us, the ones that your cell phone relies on, possibly even smashing one to smithereens on its way by. But if that's why you're thinking this is all still a long, long way from all of us way down here walking the streets, you may want to think again. The last close call turned out to be a direct hit. It was 1908, and luckily it hit the middle of nowhere, Siberia, decimating a thousand miles of trees, but no people. Amazingly, no one knew DA-14 was headed our way until a Spanish dentist and amateur astronomer randomly discovered it a year ago. NASA doesn't have the resources to look for asteroids. 
Well, hey, it's a good thing that uh, the administration cut their budget. A dentist. A dentist found that for us. Can you believe that? An amateur uh, discovered that thing. How's that for your early warning system? They don't show that in Hollywood, do they? Oh, no, mankind's got this incredible high speed. Yeah, whatever. No, we don't. Folks, read your Bible. It's not a matter of if, it's going to be when. The Bible's very clear. An asteroid will slam into the earth. Mankind will not be able to stop it. And it's so big, this baby is, is like the size of a mountain. It is on fire, and the effects are unbelievable. In fact, I want to bring out another thing that's in this text, okay? Uh, and that is the phrase there that one of the side effects we saw before is that it destroys a third of the ships around the world. And we saw that with tsunamis, and that's what happens. When they go inland, they destroy all the ships, take them in, and that makes common sense. But I want to focus on this phrase this time with cause the sea to turn into blood. That's the other side effect. It says cause the sea to turn into blood. And you might think, well, what's that all about? Well, some commentators would say that that refers to actual blood and that God just does some supernatural event where he causes the sea to turn into blood. Uh, I mean, he certainly could. He spoke and the whole universe came into existence. He could certainly do that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's what some say. Others would say that this is speaking more symbolically of death because the Bible says that the life is in the blood. And so I actually kind of lean more towards that myself. And it fits the text because what's the result? Not only one-third of the ships are destroyed around the world, but one-third of the sea creatures, when it got caused to turn to blood, one-third of the sea creatures died, right? And so the question is, well, what kind of death-causing agent could be released, specifically as the text says, an asteroid smashing into the ocean. Well, get this, folks. Believe it or not, for the first time in mankind's history, maybe we could see what John saw. Thanks to modern technology and modern oil drilling in the ocean, we now know, unfortunately, the hard way, that if you drill too deep in the Earth's ocean, down there, down, way below, there's this death-causing liquid that will float up to the surface. Do you guys remember the Gulf oil spill a few years back? That's where they came from. They couldn't cap that baby, and it was America's worst oil spill, and it killed tons of sea creatures all over the area. But see, that's not the half of it. When that oil, when that substance came out from the mantle of the earth deep into the ocean and floated to the top, some aerial footage was taken. You tell me what it looks like. Here's one photo. It's kind of red. You wouldn't expect that. You're thinking black. No. When it comes to the top, that stuff turns red. Here's another photo of a ship trying to gather it up together. Uh, that almost looks kind of like blood or something like that. Here's another photo here, really obvious. Look at that. Okay, now those are aerial shots. Here's a close-up, folks. You tell me what this looks like to you. Looks like blood. Interesting. Not going to say, thus saith the Lord, but folks, for you and I here today, could it be that maybe we're seeing a little bit of what John saw 2,000 years ago? You put all this together with modern technology in our lifetime and now our ability to drill and crack the mantle of the earth in the ocean. When an asteroid the size of a mountain smashes right into the sea, it's obviously going to crack the mantle of the earth. And guess what's going to come floating to the top? And guess what's going to look like blood and kill one-third of the sea creatures around the planet? Isn't that wild? It's all happening 
in our lifetime. But that's still all. The third sign from the sky letting us know that Jesus is coming back real soon is the rise of volcanoes, okay? Let's take a look at uh, how that fits the scripture. Once again, during the seven-year tribulation, this time Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 14, uh, John said this, now I watched and I, he opened up the sixth seal and there was this great earthquake, okay? And here's what that thing did. It turned the what? The sun turned black like sackcloth, made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky uh, fell to the earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll, rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Okay? How many guys would say that's a big earthquake? Uh, slightly, okay? And this is what we see. When this earthquake during the seven-year tribulation goes off, uh, folks, it is going to mess up the planet big time. It says specifically it's going to turn the sun black like sackcloth and the moon blood red. Now, as we saw before, most people, and I agree, believe you should take that passage absolutely literally. Because thanks to modern science and the science of seismology, we now know this fits the perfect description of an after effect of earthquakes. It's called volcanic eruptions. Oftentimes they trigger also uh, uh, volcanoes. Uh, earthquakes do okay and so it's common sense today that when a volcano erupts okay what's it do it spews forth massive tons of ash into the air and guess what it does it darkens the sunlight almost like something's covering it like a sackcloth and at night it turns the moon into like a reddish color ever heard that before so obviously you're dealing with some volcanic activity so the point for you and i again here today do we see any signs of uh volcanoes starting to go off on a crazy scale today Yes, and we almost didn't need that help, Bobby, but we thank you. Uh, we still used it anyway. Uh, <laughs> slightly, listen to this, folks. This is absolutely wild. Right now, as we speak, as we're sitting here, there's a massive one going off in Russia. It's one of their biggest ones. In fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. Go to this website and check it out yourself, volcanodiscovery.com. That's right, Joey Carpentino. Volcanodiscovery.com. Repetition increases, remembers. Volcanodiscovery.com. Go there today and listen. You're not just going to see volcanoes going off. You're going to see all the volcanoes all around the world all going off right now as we sit here all at the same time. Massive amounts of them. There's so many going off on our planet right now on a global scale. I don't think they even report them because it would get redundant. Right now in Italy, in Hawaii, Papua New Guinea, uh, Vanuatu, whatever that island is, Mexico, Guatemala, Tanzania, Congo, the Indian Ocean, Japan, Ecuador, even the Antarctica has volcanoes going off right now. It's absolutely amazing. In fact, listen, they're recurring in record numbers. Listen to this. The Alaskan Volcano Observatory said recently the Aleutian volcanoes are waking up. And in the last few months, it's the most activity they've seen in 26 years. One expert said this, last year will go on record as seeing the most volcanic eruptions recorded in modern history. It's increasing on a massive scale. In fact, one of the ones that they're really concerned about here in the U.S. is Yellowstone, the Yellowstone caldera, okay? And the experts are saying it's not a matter of if, but when that baby goes off. And as we saw before, when that thing goes off, two-thirds of the United States wiped out. Let's take a look at that. At Yellowstone, we may be on the edge of a precipice. And the question is not if it will erupt, but how and when. Nothing you can do about a volcano. If it's going to go off, it's going to go off. And the effects on civilization are going to be drastic. The first indications of a Yellowstone eruption will be rumblings heard underfoot as dozens of small earthquakes begin. 
The ground begins to rise from the pressure of the expanding hot waters, gases, and surging magma. Lava first appears oozing out of cracks in the surface. Then, steam and ash explode hundreds of feet into the air. From five miles below the surface, molten rock heated to 1,200 degrees bursts into the air. Like a hurricane of ash, pyroclastic flows rip along the ground at 100 miles per hour. For those who left the park within the past half hour, their luck has run out. 50 miles away, the 30,000 residents of Bozeman, Montana watch in horror as the plume of ash and rock reaches into the sky. If they know anything about Yellowstone's past, they'll know they have little time before their city is devastated. The pyroclastic flows may go out as far as 50 to 100 miles away from the volcano. And so you'd see the pyroclastic flows coming across ridge after ridge after ridge, and then finally hitting where you are. So local, locally, regionally, it, it's absolutely devastating. Everything would be killed. Wave after wave of burning ash and debris destroy everything in their paths. With so little warning, nearly 400,000 people are at risk. And it gets worse. The weight of the falling ash collapses roofs across the states of Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah, killing thousands. While a cloud of lighter ash, a thousand times larger than the one produced by Mount St. Helens, drifts eastward with the wind. And then, the deadliest part of the Yellowstone eruption begins. There's lots of ways you can die in a pyroclastic eruption. And one way is to inhale the stuff and inhale these sh sharp uh, pieces of glass. They attack the lungs. They attack the bones. They kill you from the inside. Farm animals have no protection. Within weeks, vast numbers of the country's livestock die, and volcanic ash covers much of the Midwest's farmland. You can't grow anything in that ash. Fresh volcanic ash is sterile, and so it wipes out the breadbasket of, of the world, breadbasket of Canada, breadbasket of the United States. Well, that, that's going to make all those increase of famines even worse that Jesus talked about and we saw a couple weeks ago. Interesting. So if that goes off, it's not just going to mess up the U.S., it's going to mess up the whole planet, and that's just one volcano. Folks, we saw before when that great earthquake goes off in Revelation chapter 6, it just so happens that the active volcanoes just happen to be located on top of the fault lines on the whole planet. And this is what we saw with this map before. It's called the Ring of Fire. As you can see there, the tectonic plates where the earthquakes are going up and cracking up the earth, all those red dots, folks, are volcanoes on the planet. And so that means, according to this map, and this is the USGS map, you can see it there in the left corner, folks. This is their map, not mine. This is their map. When that great earthquake goes off in Revelation chapter 6 and every mountain and every island is removed from its place, guess what is most likely going to go off all at the same time all over the world? volcanoes. And you know what that's going to cause? Why, by cracky, I think it's going to cause the sun to turn black like sackcloth and the moon blood red all over the planet like you can't even believe. We're seeing the fulfillment of that. In fact, just real quick before we move on, a recent article about the Ring of Fire said this, 10 major volcanoes have erupted along the Ring of Fire in the past few months. It's waking up. And, quote, the mainstream media in the United States has been strangely silent about this. 
In fact, strangely silent, speaking of that, in the U.S., listen to this. I had to find this, and I found this from a news outlet in South Africa. Listen to what they shared in their news. Didn't get it here, I believe. Said, quote, if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupts, then millions of U.S. citizens could end up in Brazil, Australia, or Argentina. Quote, the, national, or the African National Congress was offered $10 billion a year for 10 years if it would build temporary housing for Americans in case of an eruption. Wait a second. If we're safe and everything's cool, oh, don't forget they're relying on a dentist to warn us from an asteroid. But if we're okay and we're cool, then why are you making these behind-the-door deals with other countries to house us if nothing's going to happen and we're all okay? And Turn to somebody and say, hey, it's time to celebrate. Jesus is coming back. That's what all this means, folks. It's all coming together, okay? But let's finish it up. The sixth sign to indicate where we're at uh, Worldwide Upheaval is not just an increase of signs on the sky. In the sky, Jesus says, the Bible says, it's going to happen where? On the earth, real quickly, let's take a look at that classic passage. That's in the book of Joel, chapter 2, uh, verse 30 through 31. God says, I will show wonders in the heavens, but I'm also going to show what? You're going to see some serious wonders on the earth as well. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the what? Happy and exciting? No, you don't want to be there. The great and dreadful day of the Lord, Okay. And here we see, folks, that the Bible says that God's not only going to show signs in the sky, he's getting ready to judge us. He's also going to give you some signs to indicate here on earth he's getting ready to judge us, right? And so again, that's the question. Do we see any signs of weird stuff going on on planet earth as maybe an indicator from God he's getting ready to judge us and we better get motivated? Yes, folks, and the first sign on earth is the rise of weird weather. Have you noticed that things are getting really big and Scary with the weather lately and aberrant. I'm big time. In fact, let's remind ourselves who controls the weather. This is just one text real quickly. Matthew chapter eight, verse 24 through 27. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat and Jesus was freaking out. In fact, he was on the GPS satellite wondering what's going to happen next. And no, Jesus was sleeping. He wasn't worried. Right? Why? Well, I think you know why. The disciples went and woke him and said, Lord, save us. Oh, we're going to drown. And Jesus replied, you have little faith. All right? Chrome translation, take a chill pill. All right? Stop freaking out. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Do you have any idea who's in the boat with you? In other words, then he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was, listen, the text says, completely calm. I don't have time to go into this, but I believe the Greek gives the picture. is It was a massive, furious storm, and they were literally going, oh, and when Jesus rebuked it, it instantly, not over 15 minutes and settled down, instantly, it was calm. And that says, here's what they responded with. Whoa. The men were amazed, and they asked, well, what kind of man is this? I mean, even the winds and the waves of him, Whoa. And I wanted to bring this up because obviously Jesus is not afraid of the weather because he controls the weather. Hello, he's God, right? God is the one who controls the weather. And the reason why I bring that up, because when you talk about weather, most of us are so unfortunately ingrained by secular society and secular thinking. We think even as Christians that when the weather gets weird, it's just some naturalistic response. No. Sometimes we need to wake up and realize that sometimes it's a wake up call from God. 
that he's given you a sign on the earth that he's getting ready to judge us. And that's exactly, folks, what's happening. Experts are saying right now, quote, we need to prepare ourselves for, quote, extreme weather. Okay, this is the trim. Quote, earthquakes, heat waves, floods, super typhoons, blizzards, landslides, droughts have killed at least one quarter million people in one year alone. And listen, more people have been killed worldwide by natural disasters in one year recently than have been killed by terrorism attacks in the past 40 years combined. Right now, uh, Britain right now is experiencing its worst hailstorms since 1843, and the weather here in the U.S. is getting so messed up that did you know, I couldn't believe this, did you know the weather's getting so bad all over the U.S. that we now have these things called land hurricanes? The fancy word they give it is a derecho. Woo. Okay, but it's a land hurricane. We now have land hurricanes. Let's take a look. The severe storm rolling across the nation right now. Weather experts putting out a kind of all-points bulletin. One in five Americans in the path of what could become a weather phenomenon called a derecho, a 240-mile stretch of wicked wind. And ABC's meteorologist Ginger Z is standing watch with the people of Chicago right now. Ginger. Tonight, the atmosphere is fully charged. Tornadoes already touching down in Iowa and Illinois. And we are right here. The chaos in the atmosphere could produce a dangerous weather phenomenon known as a derecho. Its calling card, often ominous shelf clouds like these. A derecho is a powerful line of storms that can expand hundreds of miles long, winds blasting up to 100 miles per hour. It starts to take on a bow shape because air rises in the storms, cools and falls behind them, then pushes the front of the line out. They can be deadly and certainly as damaging as weak tornadoes. Last year's big derecho tore through 12 states. With it, blinding downpours from Illinois to D.C., winds gusting to over 100 miles per hour, and a huge part of the nation peppered with lightning. Trees were plucked and chucked into homes and cars. This street in Ohio blanketed in power lines. It left $1 billion in damage and killed 13 people. From a land hurricane land hurricane the weather's getting so bad that we now have a land hurricane can you believe that it's almost like god's trying to get our attention or something how about you guys because our nation has turned from god the second sign from earth is the rise of plagues you see, God judged other nations before, and one of them was Egypt. And I don't know about you, but I think we're seeing some similar things going on. Also, I believe is a wake-up call from God. And the first plague that could be a sign that God's getting ready to judge us, even here in America, is the rise of locusts. Ooh, they're just popping out of the sky. How'd you like that text? But let's take a look at that. Oh, yeah. You guys getting the feel for it? That's a teamwork. Give it up for Aaron. Right on. I like that. Exodus chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Hey, that could be a statement across our country today. America, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? What do I got to do to get your attention? Well, here's what God did for Pharaoh. He said, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I'm going to bring what? 
Locusts into your country tomorrow. They will cover the face of the ground that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left after the hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. Listen, they will fill your houses and those of the officials and the Egyptians. Listen, it's so bad that it's going to be something, quote, neither your fathers nor your forefathers have ever seen from the day they settled in this land until now. In other words, it isn't just going to, I'm going to send some locusts. You're going to get so many locusts, it's going to be the biggest, most mind-blowing thing you've ever seen. I mean, you just, all to get your attention. And folks, this is what's absolutely wild, okay? We're not just experiencing massive locust invasions here in the U.S., but just like that text, it's something we've never even seen. Did you realize right now, folks, that locust invasions are occurring in the U.S. so big that they're even appearing on radar? Watch this. This is wild. Meteorologists were confused, so they called in the radar professionals who were equally baffled. What was that green blob drifting over Albuquerque, New Mexico? We really, we actually thought that the radar was broke. <laughs> so we had our technicians go out there a couple times. They couldn't find anything wrong, so we had to call the, the National Radar Depot in Oklahoma. Well, the experts in Oklahoma answered with a question. They want to know if Albuquerque has an insect problem. And as it turns out, they do. That green patch was radar spotting thousands of grasshoppers flying a thousand feet high, well above the town's tallest buildings. And all adds up to the city's worst infestation in 20 years. Interesting. What, what the text say? This, see, this is what blew me away. It would be something neither your fathers nor your forefathers have ever seen from the day they settled into this land until now. We've got locust invasions here in America because, folks, we are rejecting and rebelling against God as well. I've never heard of locust invasions appearing on radar, have you? I don't think my dad ever did. It's exactly like the text says. One more to go. The second plague that could be a sign that God's getting ready to judge us, folks, is the rise of frogs. And you're thinking, frogs? Come on, not that one. Folks, I'm telling you, oh, you guys are way too good. I like that. Thank you. Is frogs, man. This wasn't even scripted. Uh, Exodus chapter 8, verse 1 through 2 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. What do I got to do to get your attention? Uh, locusts didn't work. Well, hey, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will plague your whole country with what? Frogs. And again, you're thinking, come on, Pastor Billy, not frogs. I can see bugs. I can see hail. I can see that other stuff. And, uh, but not frog invasions back in Egypt like that. Yeah. There are. In fact, uh, it's not only happening in Greece, but to listen to their own words, they've even described it as just that, a biblical plague of frogs. Watch this. We've had skies closed due to volcanic ash and now more travel chaos due to an act of God. This time roads closed by a biblical plague, a horde of frogs shutting a highway in Greece. The local traffic police chief putting the numbers of the offending amphibians in the millions. Frog invasion. We're, we're now experiencing frog invasions, just like Egypt. You know, if I didn't know better, I'd say God is trying to get our attention. But surely we're not as stubborn as Pharaoh. 
Yeah. Folks, this is precisely why God, out of love, over these past several weeks, has given us all these signs just specifically on worldwide upheaval. It's to wake us up. The rise of wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilence and signs from the sky and signs from the earth to show us the tribulation is near and the rapture is right around the corner. Hey, we don't know the exact date nor the hour, but hello, it's getting close. It's time to celebrate. And that's why Jesus said, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, when you see frogs invading Man, what more has he got to do, man? It is time to stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. If you're here today as a Christian, you need to translate it like this. Hey, it's time to get excited. It's time to celebrate. Uh, but don't just sit on it. You need to get busy working together with other Christians and get the gospel out so people can be saved. Amen? All right? But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, what more does God got to do to you? How many more signs does he need to give you? You don't want to be left behind. And there's only one way out of this mess. And that's through Jesus Christ. Accept his work on the cross right now before it's too late. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay, how many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief, okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy, okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred 
is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the heart, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail, and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact. They did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon 
but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Will your child be ready for kindergarten at Chesterbrook Academy Preschool? The answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 26th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. Com.